Welcome to the Mindset Medicine Podcast. I'm Catherine Lucadu, and this is where we're going to talk about mindset, momentum, business mastery, business marketing, growth strategies, and shifting your mindset toward really achieving your goals and dreams. So let's get started. This week, I was asked a pretty simple question that I actually found very challenging to answer. So here's the question, and are you able to answer it with crystal clear clarity? Who are you one year from today? So let's think about that for a moment. Who am I one year from today? Are you able to answer this question easily? Because I wasn't. If you are, then congratulations, you've got very clear clarity um, and focus on your future goal. And if you can't, I don't think that it's a matter of you have no goal that you're trying to attain. And I don't think it means that um, you're not looking forward to a future. I think it means that it's really hard to get crystal clear on exactly what that looks like. So I guess you have to ask yourself, and I know I asked myself, why can't I see who I am one year from today? Is it fear? Is it lack of confidence? Is it that I have so many ideas and goals that, you know, how do you, how do you just narrow it down to who am I? So this got me thinking, you know, what are the ways that we can go about really diving deep into this and figuring this question out so that we can get a crystal clear answer for ourselves? So here are some of the questions that I think one has to really think about. Is your behavior today consistent with the person that you want to be in the future? So who do you want to be? Who do you want to be known as? What do you want to be remembered as? And who do you want to be remembered as? Do your actions now reflect where you want to be one year from now? So are you doing the things that you know you need to do to get you where you need to go? So this is a question that I ask agents and business owners when I am coaching and training them. And I say, you know, if you can't see that bullseye or the target in front of you, then how do you know if you are doing the activities and the tasks and, you know, some of those boring mundane things that we do to move us forward every day? Now, if you've been listening to my last few podcasts, and I'd say few probably like, I don't know, four or five, you'll know that I embarked on a journey to become the fittest person I could possibly be. That's my goal, is to become very, very fit. And I was actually thinking about this this morning, and I was thinking, you know, in in becoming clear, and having clarity about that goal, you know, my health goal. Skinny is definitely not on my list. I don't want to be skinny. 
I don't want to be thin. I want to be fit because in my mind, fit equals healthy. So what does that mean? It means getting to a very, very um, healthy weight. And I'm almost there. I'm, I'm moving into my next 20 pounds. I've, I'm already down 20 and I'm moving into my next 20. But what's fascinating is measuring. And I'm going to get into the measuring part in a minute about how do we measure our results and our goals. But if we're talking about health, the beauty about health is that we can actually easily measure the results. And, you know, we can measure our intake in terms of food and water. We can keep a log or a diary or a journal and, you know, weigh yourself and measure yourself. So I hadn't measured myself in a while. So I thought it was time yesterday, got on the scale, wrote down my weight, and then I got out that measuring tape and I measured myself against the last time I had done it, which was in December, about a month ago. Since I started this journey in August, are you ready? I have lost one and a half feet of fat. So. 16 inches has come off of my body, which I found like, I don't even know whether I should be horrified or not. That is crazy. So, you know, how did that happen? You know, I, I don't know, four and a half, five months. How does that even happen when, you know, you look in the mirror and you can see slight differences, but then you actually take out a measuring tape and start measuring, you know, the different areas, the waist and the hips and, and the chest and everything. And you start adding things up and you think to yourself, wow, look at that. Stepping on the scale is one thing, but actually seeing how the body is um, just melting away what it doesn't need really is what it is at the end of the day. So this is what we're talking about. You know, is our behavior today consistent with the person that we want to be in the future? So whether that behavior is to do psychologically, is it emotional? Are you emotionally trying to become stronger spiritually? Are you trying to be more emotionally intelligent? Um, you know, is it, is it business? Is your behavior and your communication skills and the way that you react to situations and people, are they consistent with the person that you want to be in the future? Are the words that you speak to others and to yourself when you're alone, are they consistent with who you are, quote, becoming? We tend to think that the person we are today is the person that we will always be. You know, if you have, you know, a discussion with some people and they say, oh, well, this is just who I am. Well, I find that hard to believe. I mean, how is it possible that you know, you can go through experiences and meet people and talk with people and evolve in your business, but you're saying that that's who you are, which 
just doesn't even make sense because they've never sat down to think about it in, in how much they have changed over time. So most people, when asked if they are the same person they were 10 years ago, most people will say no. But we actually have a much harder time seeing potential for change in the future. So you can agree, or let's say most people would agree that they're not the same as they were 10 years ago. But if you ask them how they feel they're going to change, improve or grow over the next 10 years, that's the part they're not clear about. So despite the awareness that our past self is clearly different than our present self, we tend to think that who we are right now is the real and finished version of ourselves. And our future self will basically be the same as who we are today, kind of like this extension of us. But in fact, it's not true because it has been proven that every person we speak to, we change a little bit. They have scanned brains of people and they did it on the daily. So, you know, they went to work and they would come home and then they would scan. And the same thing would happen day after day after day. And they said that the brain continued to evolve and change every single day. Prior to 1960, most researchers believed that, you know, it was only children and toddlers that their brains changed so drastically. But in fact, since 1960, there have been so many studies to show that the brain is in fact always evolving and growing. So we are a work in progress all the time, but many people think that they're finished. Your personality and skills, your likes and dislikes, they all change over time, whether you're intentional about that change or not, because sometimes it's just passive. You know, you meet someone and they really impress you or you really become inspired by them. And just after that one meeting or that one encounter, or you read something that is inspiring or that really hits you, that all of a sudden changes and creates an action that you may start the next day. Right there is the beginning of your change. A recently published study that spanned more than 60 years found that the personalities of nearly all the participants were completely different than they had been 60 years prior. So change is inevitable, but it's not out of our control. So here are three strategies that I found um, to, help, to help us become who we really desire to become. So first strategy, to distinguish between our past, our current, and our future selves. So as a rule, people tend to place extreme emphasis on the present, don't they? Who they are right now. And they tend to cling to their identities, 
their current identities and speak in incredibly definitive terms about who they are. So, you know, you're in a situation, let's say, you know, you're at a party or you're at a conference, whatever the case is, and there's lots of people and you can see that there's someone who's just not very comfortable. So, you know, you say, Hey, you know, what's going on? And they say, well, I'm an introvert. This isn't comfortable for me. So they have branded themselves a certain way. They have labeled themselves. Um, or they'll say, I'm just not good with people. Another one that I hear often when I ask someone if, if they remembered something or, you know, is there a reason why you forgot that particular thing? And the answer being, well, I don't have a good memory. So these can all be used as excuses or as a scapegoat when they just don't feel like doing something. So they cling to the identity that they have created that feels comfortable, that helps them. I am going to call the word scapegoat because it, it is used as an excuse. So the problem is that these labels leave little wiggle room for any change and growth. And they create what a Harvard psychologist, Dr. Ellen Langer, called mindlessness. So when you assume a label about yourself, you stop seeing alternatives. And as Langer explains, when, for example, people are depressed, they tend to believe that they're depressed all the time, when in fact they're not. They actually have cycles of it or periods of it, but they will label themselves into thinking that it's there all the time. A person who's an introvert, and I've met many over the years, they label themselves as an introvert, but in fact, they are very, very good at socializing with people. In fact, most of them have very charming personalities. So the label is sort of there as their, um, what will we call that? Their comfort cushion, maybe? The truth is that even if you were an introvert in the past, or even if you didn't have a good memory in the past, or you're not good with people in the past, does not mean that that will not change and grow over time. Because we don't do things the way we once did. We evolve all the time. We also no longer want what we once wanted. So instead of labeling, and focusing on who you are today. Recognize how much you've grown and changed from your former self. We really should be measuring our gains and not the gaps that we see within ourselves. So let me say that again. We should be measuring our gains and not the gaps. 
we can actually train ourselves to see short-term growth by measuring progress on a weekly, monthly, or quarterly basis. And this is exactly what I was talking about right at the beginning when I was talking about this health journey that I'm on. And I'm not going to say diet because it's not a diet. It's just eating properly, clean, and drinking lots of water and exercise. It's literally what we have been told to do forever. You know, I, I've had heart attacks. I've had open heart surgery. I had a stroke. I've had paralysis from a vaccine. I've had all of that. And throughout it all, the books that I read you know, I wanted to reverse my heart disease. I was steadfast that that's what I was going to do. And I did it. In five years, I reversed my heart disease. But every book said the same thing. Train yourself by measuring your progress weekly, monthly, daily. Because unless you know what you're doing and why you're doing it, it won't work. If you know that you're supposed to be eating clean and you know exactly how many carbs or exactly how much protein or how many greens or how much water, if you know how much of that you're supposed to be eating at every meal, how can you go wrong? You can't. The problem is that people don't remain consistent and they give up. So here's a question for you. Ask yourself, what wins have I had in the last 90 days? And why don't we make it even simpler than that? Let's break it down to what wins have I had today? What wins have I had this week? You know, what was something that I'm really proud of this week? And it doesn't have to be, you know, earth shattering. It can be something as simple as, I wanted to drink eight glasses of water, I drank seven. That's pretty good. So tomorrow, I'm going to drink eight. You know, small wins, that's what we're looking for. And once you start to distinguish between your current self and your past self, it becomes possible to view your future self as a different person as well. I know for me, I have been trying so hard to lose weight. And I am going to come back to the health thing because I really do think that this is a topic that so many people struggle with. And I mean, literally, I think I have been trying to lose weight for like the last 28 years, you know, and, and as a woman, you're like, oh, well, maybe it's water gain. Maybe it's being pregnant. Maybe it's being post-pregnant. And, you know, I mean, it can just keep going on and on and on. Well, really, at the end of the day, it's called habits. It's called uh, following the plan and moving, exercising. It's, it's honestly that simple. I, I really never realized how simple it was until I got it and now I realize it's, it's not fancy salads. It's not fancy wraps. It's not counting points. It's just the amount of food, the kind of food, and how often you're eating it. And 
the huge amounts of water that you have to drink to clean your body. That's it. So let's go on to the second strategy. So imagine your desired future self. So this is a great quote from Albert Einstein. Imagination is more important than knowledge, for knowledge is limited to all we now know and understand, while imagination embraces the entire world and all there ever will be to know and understand. Knowledge is now, but our imagination is everything. It is so much easier to default to the present than to imagine a different kind of future for ourselves. But if we don't take the time to imagine who we want to be, then we'll reactively become whatever life drives toward us, right? So we can either be active or we can be reactionary. Research has shown that shaping our future self requires deliberate practice or the ability to develop ourselves toward a specific goal. I mean, we can't effectively grow without a direction to the growth. So we need a goal. I mean, we have to have, imagine playing darts and there is no goal. There is no bullseye. Imagine playing soccer and there's no goal at the end of the field. Imagine playing basketball and there's no basket to make the shot. Where are you hitting? You don't know. So how is it that we are going through life without having the bullseye or the basketball net or the soccer net? How are we doing this? So the more you think about it, it's really important to know what that goal is. When I wanted to become a professional real estate agent, and I call myself professional real estate agent because I didn't want to go through all the exams. I had been a professor before at university. So if I'm going to leave a job like that, which was, it was great, it was secure, I got paid very, very well. Um, I enjoyed teaching students, especially older students. Class sizes were very large. You know, I would teach upwards of 70 to 100 students in a class. But I decided that I wanted to get into real estate as something different, especially after going through open heart surgery. You have a different idea about life after that. You know, it's not so much about living to work, but wanting to work so that you can live and live happy and, you know, do not, I, you know, when I say do what you want to do, I don't mean it in the sense of being carelessness or reckless, but, you know, really doing those things that you feel passionate about. So if I was going to go from being a professor into real estate, I was going to be a professional real estate agent in every sense of the word, the way I carried myself, the way I communicated with people, the kind of service I offered. So that was the idea. But 
I wanted to be successful. And as a person who had never been in sales, it was definitely a different beast. And those of you who are real estate agents or you're in sales in some kind of business sense, sales is definitely different. So I had to turn my idea of being a real estate professional into a measurable outcome. So what did I want? Well, funny enough, my first interview that I went on was in a big brand office. So I walked in and uh, the manager there, she sat me down and she said, you know what, Catherine, so, so what is it that you want? What do you want out of real estate? And my goal was so simple. I said, I just moved into a house that needs work and it's wall to wall carpeting. I have asthma. My goal is to sell enough real estate to put in hardwood floors. And she was like, is that it? And I said, yeah, I mean, obviously I want to be able to pay my mortgage and my bills, but that's like my bonus goal. And she said, okay, so you probably have to make about 50,000 to be able to do all of that, pay your bills and, and put in your hardwood floors. So I thought about, and I thought, okay, you know, I think I could do $50,000, but then what I had to figure out was how to reverse engineer that in order to reach that goal. So I started talking to people and having a clear goal enabled me to ask useful questions to the people who were around the office, um, going online and knowing what I was searching for, you know, how to find prospects in real estate. Now we're going back 12 years. So, you know, internet and um, YouTube videos, they really weren't that prominent. So I really had to do a lot of digging. I bought so many books, but as you can see, I was motivated and I was curious. And this is what's missing for a lot of people who are searching for clarity is their motivation and their curiosity is missing from the equation. You have to be curious. So I looked for systems and tools and tactics to help me achieve the goal. So here's the beauty of the goal. Halfway through my first year in real estate, I had already hit the 50,000 mark. So now I decided I needed to create six figures by the end of the year, because now I was on a mission how can I double? If I managed to do 50,000 halfway through the year, I should be able to sell 100,000 by the end of my first year. So research has actually shown that both motivation and hope stem from a combination of clear desired outcomes, the belief that you can succeed, and knowing that there is a path to get there. And what I find really interesting is how clarity improves once we actually jump into action. So many people sit around thinking about what they need to do. They have a plan, they write down notes, they create a strategy, but they never actually do it. And here's the thing with clarity and action. You know, it's like taking out a camera and the lens is blurry. 
As you keep focusing the lens, it becomes clearer and clearer. That's what action does. Once you step into action, everything starts to become clearer and clearer. And that clarity starts to appear in front of you. And so does the path. But the path never appears in front of you unless you take the first step. Have you ever been driving in fog? Or in a snowstorm? Well, what happens when you're driving in fog or a snowstorm is you can barely see the end of your car, literally. But what happens is if you keep following the road and the rule of thumb is to watch the line on the road, that's how you know you're going to stay safe. But as you go along, what happens is that the road begins to reveal itself slowly and you're no longer worried. If you were just standing at the end of the road, looking down and you can't see anything, you don't want to go down it because you're scared. You can't see what's at the end of the road. But once you get in the car and you start driving, slowly it all appears in front of you bit by bit by bit. And then you end up getting to where you need to go. This is the same thing. So simply put, your behavior in the present is largely shaped by your view of your own future. So is your future clear? Is it exciting? Is it something you believe you can create? Are you fearful? Do you, are, do you feel like your goals are too high for you and that's why you're not making a step forward? So if I come back to question the original question that I started this podcast with was, who are you one year from today? The answer is that only you know. As Dr. Gilbert, a Harvard social psychologist explains, the first step is imagining your future self. And your future self is not someone you discover but it's actually someone you decide that you want to be. One way to begin the imaginative process is through journaling, um, recording a note into your phone, talking to yourself out loud, letting your mind imagine different possibilities of who you could be. There is a really great book out there called The Alter Ego. And it actually talks about um, famous football players who, in fact, were not very um, rough, let's say, and um, they didn't believe that they could ever become a quarterback on a big football team or a famous football team. So what they would do is they would create this alter ego of a football player who had all of the abilities, the strength and um, being fearless and having speed and having strength and all of those things. And then they would go on the field and they would become that person. This is something very similar. And it's, if you don't believe that that's who you can be, then imagine what that person would be like. 
imagine how that person would act that you want to become. Imagine what, what is it that if you could be your highest and best self, what does that look like to you? Start from the bottom up. Start from the outside and move inside. What does that look like? What does that sound like? So now let's go to number three, which I think is probably one of the, the most important strategies in this whole conundrum of who am I in one year from now? And it is to change your identity narrative. Identity is actually far more powerful than personality because your identity drives behaviors which over time become your personality. Isn't that interesting? So let me say that again. Your identity drives your behavior, which over time becomes your personality. Your personality is the sum of your consistent attitudes and behaviors. And it's actually a byproduct of your identity. So your identity narrative is actually the story that you tell about yourself, your past, your present, and your future. So what we know is that your identity is rooted in your past and your present. And your fixed mindset can make personality feel permanent. So we have two mindsets, basically. We have a fixed mindset and we have a growth mindset. So those that have a fixed mindset are the ones who I was referring to before, where they label themselves, you know, I am an introvert. I don't have a good memory. Everything is very absolute. There is no room for growth. There is no room for um, alternative perspectives. It's very fixed as it's called, a fixed mindset. A growth mindset means that you are opening yourself up to becoming more self-aware. You are, you are increasing your emotional intelligence with people. You are considering alternative ways to react to situations. You are allowing yourself to pause if there are situations that require you to pause and not answer immediately because you're emotional and you shouldn't, or you're angry and you shouldn't. So if you focus on envisioning your future self, instead of fixating on who you are right now, it's actually possible to change your identity narrative. This isn't something you should just think about internally. You should tell those around you who you want to be. You know, there, there was a saying, and I know I used it when I first went, moved to Europe because I became a teacher, but I hadn't even gone to teacher's college. Someone gave me a break and allowed me to teach students. So what I was going on was intuition and 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 basically that was it and the phrase was fake it until you make it 
But actually, and being honest and humbly acknowledging that your future self is in fact a different person than you are today, well, faking it until you make it just isn't going to work because you still have to be true to yourself, but you also have to be open to allow yourself to grow, allow yourself to see different perspectives. You know, say to yourself, maybe everything I've learned about that particular thing or that particular person, it could be wrong. What if it's just an opinion that I've come up with? What if it's just a judgment that I've made that isn't entirely true? Of course, this takes courage, doesn't it? It's much easier to say, this is who I am, than to tell people that this is who I want to be. And do you know why that is? Because it's risky to put yourself out there and publicly declare who it is you want to be. Because we have fear of judgment of others. We have fear of failure. What if I don't succeed? What if I don't become that person that I told everyone I would be? Or what if I don't become that person within the time frame that I told everyone I would be? The thing is, is that unless you declare it, it's, you're not going to be intentional about it. Because if you're relying only on being accountable to yourself, well, we know how that works out, don't we? Becoming accountable only to ourselves, unless you are extremely self-disciplined, is very, very hard. Telling people who you want to be or who you want to become is incredibly powerful because it will compel you to make your behavior consistent with your new story. You know, it's like following uh, a new health plan or exercise regime. If you declare that that is what you're going to do and you're going to follow it and you have a coach that's holding you accountable, well, it becomes so much easier, doesn't it? Then if it's just you and you're like, well, you know what? I can just work out the next day. It doesn't matter if I skip today. So if you intentionally decide who your future self will be and you find the courage to share that vision with others, it becomes possible to actively transform that into your desired future self. Another doctor, Dr. Carol Dweck, has spoken about the importance of being defined not by the present, but by who you want to be. She says that we're all in a state, a constant state of becoming. So we should let our desired future self be the thing predicting our current behavior. So we know that our behavior creates our personality and not the other way around. Our personality does not create our behavior. Our behavior creates who we are and our personality. So who do you want to be? Who do you want to be one year from today? Start 
telling people. Start acting like your future self rather than your past self. Embrace the uncertainty and change. Embrace learning and failure because failure is actually what's going to propel you to grow. Embrace the fear of making the declaration of becoming someone who may be different than who you are right now, and that's okay. Never be defined by now and who you are now. Don't label yourself. Engage yourself in deliberate, intentional practice so that over time, you will grow into your ever-evolving story. You will become that person. You will shorten the journey from who you are now to who you want to be. It will all connect together. Take action and invest in building your future identity. This is how you will become the best version of you that you most want to be. So I hope you have found something a little of interest here today, and I hope that you can sit back now and really think about, who do I want to be one year from now? How do I want to act? What behaviors do I want to display? And how do I want to feel one year from today? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Mindset Medicine. I hope you have found this helpful. If you would like to hear it again, just visit katherinelukeducoaching.com and this podcast and all the previous ones I've done are all there along with other courses that are free that may help you out as well. Bye for now.